Coach, you know what I hear more of you talking about than anything else this time of year? It's how to develop your brand, what your brand means to recruits, and what your brand is going to mean ultimately to your program and how it's defined. Well, today, I want to talk to you about what you should do if you want to develop a great brand. It's going to be a good episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast, and I'm glad you're listening. It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, the number one name in pet food and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. All right, Coach, let's talk about branding. Uh, I when you were a, a college player and then you decided to be a college coach that you never really imagined you'd be into branding, messaging, and marketing, and sales. It's just one of the things that they sprung on you at some point when you finally got the coaching job in college. But, well, here you are, and like it or not, you have to be great at branding and developing a message. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. This is actually part of uh, a, a kind of multifaceted approach that we're taking on this topic. And what I mean by that is if you go to dantutor.com, slash blog, or just go to dantutor.com, look for the blog page, and look for the article, and you can just type it into the upper right-hand corner of the search box that you'll find on the website, entitled, Developing a Brand Message That Your Recruits Can Connect With. If you go to that article, we give you a lot of overview on this whole topic and everything, but we wanted to take one aspect of this topic and really build it out and have a quick conversation about it. This isn't going to be one of our longer podcasts, uh, and in, in episodes that follow this, we're going to really get back into interviewing and talking to uh, experts and coaches and other people related to your your life as a coach, but um, last week's episode was all about first contact and how do you establish uh, first contact with recruits and what do you do during that process afterwards. And we really touched on, really, if you think about it, how to establish yourself as a brand early on. And we got a lot of follow-up questions from coaches about this whole topic of a brand image and how do you develop a brand image if you're a college coach, whether you're at a big school or a small school. So we thought we'd want to maybe expand on that topic for the College Recruiting Weekly email newsletter that we put out every Tuesday morning, as well as addressing it on uh, the College Recruiting Weekly podcast. So that's what we're doing. But I promise future episodes, we'll get back to interviews and conversations with some really interesting people coming up here on season three of the College Recruiting Weekly podcast. But for today, we want to zero in on this one facet of developing a brand message, which is this central question. How do you differentiate yourself amongst other programs that this recruit that you're interested in might be looking at? How do you create a different brand? And the reason I think this is such an important topic is because colleges in general over the last decade have developed a really bad habit, and this is just my observation and my opinion, and you may disagree with me, or you might even see what I'm talking about here, that colleges around the country, not college coaches, but your admissions department, the college message in general has become very one-dimensional and, and almost in sync with other colleges. And that is this, that for most schools, the message is, we have a lot of stuff here. There is something here for everyone. So 
come one, come all. Everyone come to our school or at least apply to our school. And on the surface, it seems logical because don't I want as many kids applying to our college as possible? Don't I want as many potential paying students to come in through those doors and want to be a part of what we have here? Well, yes and no. Every college wants the appropriate amount of students coming in in any freshman class that steps onto the campus. That's true. And I I understand that there is a financial component to having as many kids uh, on your campus as possible. But what gets that isn't always the message that says we're just like everybody else. Because quite frankly, if your college is just like everybody else, that means there is probably some place where I can get the same thing, except that it might be a little closer to home. Or if that's uh, distance, I want to get farther away, a little farther away from home, maybe with a little bit more money and scholarships that comes towards me. In other words, there's always going to be something different that I'm going to look at and say, well, this is what should matter to me, which is, let's say, more money, or I'm going to pay less for school, going to get a bigger scholarship. That school is going to offer me more over there. Uh, As I say many times in the workshops that we lead on college campuses, that if you, for me as a college dad, and I have one daughter who has graduated out of college, Uh, another that has just started college, and then I have a son coming up who's 12. He'll be going to college here in a couple of years. And for each one of those kids that we're raising, if you give me the choice of four colleges that all appear to be the same, that have not differentiated themselves, that all appear to offer about the same product and the end result degree, what I'm going to say as a dad very practical person is, okay, if every if every one of these schools, these four or five schools are the same, then the way I'm going to make my decision is which one's less, which one's the least expensive. If you're telling me that I'm going to get the same thing at each school, then why would I want to pay more for one versus the other? And that's the central thing that we hear parents talk about when it comes to how they're they're making their choice, how they're helping their son or their daughter make that choice. And I think coaches need to understand this because we see this on the athletic side as well. If all you do when you bring the coach, I'm sorry, when you bring the athlete to campus is show them your buildings, explain what you have, um, explain what they can get there, and that's it. Well, that's what every other college more than likely is doing, at least in some way, shape, or form. And do you have the type of program that if it is a four or five-way tie for first place, in other words, I, I saw and heard the same thing at every school, do you have the type of the program that that athlete is going to justify saying, well, it's gotta be your school because of A, B, and C? Maybe do you have conference championships uh, coming out of the woodwork? Or do you have uh, the brand new stadium? Do you have something irrational that they might point to and say, okay, this is the reason I choose this school? Or are you making the best offer? Because if if any of those things are true, okay, you might win the lottery with that recruit and, and be the one that they pick. Um, most of you don't have that thing going for you. Or at least you'd look at the other schools that that prospect is considering and say, you know what, we can't stack up to those schools. So how do you win? How do you get that athlete 
to say no to another school and yes to your school? Well, I guess you could offer them more money if that's if that's in the cards and if your department will let you do that. More than likely, they won't. You can go ask your athletic director right now. Pause the podcast. We'll wait. Um, if you have uh, unpaused it and you went and asked him or her for extra money and they said no, well, then keep listening because most of the time they're going to say no. So it's not going to come down to money. Um, very unlikely that you're a coach that gets to experience a brand new facility Um And so it comes down to other things. And I would say after years and years of going around uh, different campuses and listening to a lot of athletes talk about how they made that decision to come to a school, uh, and we've talked about it before here on on this podcast and certainly on the blog, they're making their decision based on a feeling. And when we're making our decisions based on feelings about buying choices and brands, it really comes down to how we associate ourselves with that brand. And I'm going to say that one more time because this is the central part of being different than other programs you're recruiting against. This is what I want you to take away and really focus in on, Coach, is it's going to come down to how you are different than their other choices that they are making. That's how they're making their decision. So what in your message is different about you than other schools? What are the things that you're talking about that hopefully other coaches and other schools aren't talking about? I want to give you some ideas. Uh, And of course, on the surface, Dan, if you're going to lay this out for everybody, isn't everybody going to use the same tips? Well, fortunately, most coaches don't... uh, even if they hear the advice, they're not going to change. It's too much of a risk to make the change, and they may not feel like they know how to make the change. Hopefully, you as a listener to this podcast are going to feel confident in the fact that if I'm telling you to do it and you do it the way I suggest, it's going to work. At least for the most part, it's going to get you ahead of where you are right now. Um, and so, and not every. Not every coach in college athletics listens to this podcast, and and that's okay with us too because, uh, as I often say, we need coaches doing it wrong. Um, As a client, and we work with a lot of clients around the country, uh, individual coaches and their programs, I don't want to work. We can't work with every program. Uh, We want to work with a select few, and that way they succeed, but I need other coaches and other programs recruiting incorrectly because it provides a good contrast then if we approach the recruit correctly. And that's just one of the strategic ways we approach our client work. But let's get back to this definition of different in your brand and and how you define different in that brand. I want to give you three core principles uh, to follow when it comes to being different and creating a different brand. Uh, First and foremost, Coach, I want you to tell your athlete who you're not. I want you to explain to your athlete what you're not about in your program, what you don't want as a coach. I want you to even talk about the wrong type of student athlete that might be attracted or tempted to come and be interested in your program. Why is that? Why would you want to actually define what you don't want? Well, first of all, It goes against everything that they're hearing. It is so radically different than what they're hearing, which is come one, come all. We've got something for everybody here. When you actually go out with a message that says, I want to explain to you who's wrong for us, it immediately gets their attention. 
it's a curiosity factor. Now, as a brand manager, as a marketer, which you definitely are as a college coach, as well as a sales professional, you take all those titles and wrap them into one, it, it really goes to the core of the beginning of a marketing message, which is to say, we're different and here's why. That's really what we're doing here. Is it's, it's saying, we're different, here's why. And a lot of coaches ask as good follow-up questions for me uh, when we're talking about this whole idea of how, uh, of how do you build a brand image um, it, it's, it really at the core is how are you different from everybody else? And the best way is to explain who you're not. So define those things for your prospects. Have a conversation with them about who's wrong for you. What kind of athletes and students don't end up succeeding at your school? Because when you do that, when you give them a list of things and they are able to look at it and say, okay, here's who's wrong for them. They might look at that list and say, well, wait a minute, I don't want to, I don't want to play for this coach. And if they decide that early on, then congratulations, you've saved six or eight or 15 months of recruiting that athlete. Uh, and then they come to your program and are miserable and cause you headaches and transfer after a year. So I don't think it's a bad thing when you define your program out and it is so um, specific that you actually cause a student athlete to say, nope, I, that's not for me. And when you do that, and here's the important thing on this first point, coach, when you, you make it so defined that somebody says no to you, there's a completely opposite side of that spectrum, the other 50% of those athletes that are going to say, yes, good, I'm not that. And in fact, I don't like those types of players or I, I get it now what they're all about there. So now I'm even more interested in that program. Most colleges approach recruiting from an admissions or, or athletic recruiting standpoint, and they want to occupy the middle of the road. Um, they want to occupy that, the, the space that says we're right for everybody. We have a little bit of something for everybody. This generation, more than any other, is searching for identity, and part of that identity is understanding what you're not about as a program and as a coach and what you are about. And that's point number two. I want you to then contrast point number one, what's wrong, or who, who would this program be wrong for, with point number two to say, here's who, we, here's who ends up succeeding here. Who's, here's who loves it at our school. So I'll, before I get into the uh, further explanation, um, you might be wondering, well, why are we leading with the negative first? Why don't we lead with the positive and then come in later and say, oh, by the way, here's what's, here, here is uh, who we're wrong for. The reason I want you to lead with here's who's wrong for us and here's who we aren't as a program is because it gets attention. Um, college coaches and colleges in general are so icky sweet and so overly positive and overly enthusiastic and uh, overly inclusive. This place is going to be great. You're going to love it. We're so excited about you being here that it sounds insincere very quickly. And so for kids, what ends up getting their attention in this generation is when a coach says to them, hey, you know what, I want to tell you who we're wrong for. This might be you, and if it is, then you know I'm risking losing you, but here's who we're wrong for. When you do that, it, they can't help but pay attention. And this is a generation that is very much making their decisions based on, here's what I don't like. And if I don't like this, then I'm not going to do that, which then by default causes me to want to do the opposite. So why don't you go out and define in your first point who you're not, 
because it establishes if they still want to listen. Let's assume that they do still want to listen. And now we go to point number two. So here's who's right for us. And I want to, to not just be the opposite answer that you uh, gave them in point number one, bring up other qualities that you would add to the list as positives. So in other words, you might come up with five things that would define your program uh, in a negative way, in other words, here's who's wrong for us. Here's the type of athlete that's not going to succeed or be happy here. And you might list different aspects of your school, your program. When you list the positives, I want you to come up with totally different topics that you're talking about that don't just list the opposite answer as to those five points in the first part. Come up with five new general areas of who's going to be happy as an athlete and as a student at your college. Point number three, how this all wraps up, is pretty simple. You have to give them an action item right away to take home with them uh, in, in their conversation as they start that with you. We talked a little bit in the article associated with, uh, with this podcast that I referenced earlier, where you can go in and look up uh, the more detailed article uh, on our website at dantutor.com. When you do that, notice that we talk about this um, uh, this topic, that action is really important in the brand process for you because uh, the point that we make in the article is you don't have a long time to establish a brand. You don't have years and years like Coca-Cola and Pepsi and McDonald's and Starbucks now have, have had to establish themselves with you, prove over time that you should want to be a part of their brand family and one of their customers. You have six to 18 months usually to really make an impression with a prospect. And that is an incredibly short amount of time for them to figure out ways and reasons to listen to you, then make that next step of, I think I wanna be there, and then take the procedural steps for actually getting there and it's just a, it's a complicated process to take place um, in a short amount of time. They cannot take their time to absorb the message. You have to define it for them quickly and then have it stick. And the way that we find it sticking with most prospects is action items, giving them things to do, asking them for things, explaining what you want as a part of the process. That is critical in how they take in your brand message because it adds action to the idea. I'll say that again, coach. It adds action to the idea. So pause there for a second and think critically. In our message, are we explaining who we're not right for? Are we also then explaining who we are right for that might be different than what most schools would list? And the third thing, are what type of action are we adding to that message that solidifies it in their mind as being believable and trustworthy and also denotes that we're serious about them as a coach. When it comes to this whole idea of how do we explain how we're different and, and using that as a part of how we establish our brand, those are the three key things that I would have you start with. So coach, that is it for today. We wanted to keep it shorter and simpler and have it be a part of this larger conversation we're having this time of year with developing your brand. I hope that gives you a starting point. Go back and read the rest of that article. And there's even quite a few podcast episodes in the first two seasons where we address this topic of branding and how do you develop that brand image and tell your story. So scroll back through 
whether you're on iTunes or Google or you go online to Stitcher.com, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, Stitcher.com. And you can replay and stream all the past episodes of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Coach, we thank you for listening. We will back, be back next week with more good stuff and more great interviews. We're so excited to kick off this third season, and we're glad that you're listening. Please do tell your fellow coaches in your department to listen to the podcast. That's how this word spreads. That's how we gain listeners, which means more ideas and better uh, better conversations with more coaches that want to share their ideas. So you benefit. Every time we add listeners, it grows that community that we have, and it uh, it means that there's going to be more contributions to, uh, to your knowledge level as a college coach. Have a great week out there, Coach, and thank you for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,